Swim check one, two. Bike check one, two. Run check one, two. I think we're ready. Let's try this. Welcome to the Try Beginner's Luck podcast, a podcast where we explore the sport of triathlon from a variety of perspectives to help beginner triathletes on their journey. I am your host, Mashonda Shines. Hey, TBL family, it's your girl, Mashonda. I'm here coming to you with a little prep talk. First off, thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate it. Continue to listen and share with others so that they can listen. And for those of you who are new to the Try Beginners Luck podcast, welcome. I do have a small disclaimer. This episode was recorded prior to 2022. And initially I had it set up so that this episode would be one of the launching episodes, but things changed and the flow went a little differently. And so it's airing now. With that said, this episode may contain some sensitive country names and I wanna be um, sensitive enough to share that with you. So please know that this episode was recorded prior to the war. With that said, let's truly try this, peace. Welcome to another edition of Try Beginner's Luck. I am so thrilled. Thrilled is going to be my new word of the season. Last season was excited because I really was excited and now I'm thrilled. Yeah, they could mean the same, but I feel like thrilled is like a level up from excited. So this season, I am thrilled to be with you all today. And I am so, so grateful for the person that I get to interview today. This particular person has actually taken me under their wings and has allowed me to hone my skills as an announcer, has poured so much into me as an announcer to help me grow in this sport. And what I will say is before there was a big to-do about diversity, equity, inclusion, and access, this gentleman was ahead of the field. And I wanna give a little backstory. I was doing my first long distance, long course triathlon, which was 70.3. And is at Patriots with Kinetic Multisports. Yes, I finished and I finished towards the back. I wasn't the last person, but I was very, you know, I took my time and did it right and had a party there, right? And so this gentleman was talking to some of my teammates from Y-Try. And he said that he was looking to diversify his announcer pool. And they didn't know that I wanted to do this, but we happened to be relaxing afterwards. And they said, hey, the announcer said he was looking to diversify his pool. Mashonda, you should probably go do that. I was like, oh my goodness, I have been wanting to do this, but didn't know how to gain access into this sport. And that was my ticket. My ticket was trying, doing a long distance course for the first time, which was 70, I think 72 point, because their Patriots is a little bit longer than a 70.3 course. And because I tried for the first time there, an opportunity presented itself, an opportunity and a desire of my heart to announce happened. The gentleman who is a graduate of the United States Naval Academy, he's a retired officer of the Marines and was a pilot for 20 years. He is an Olympic announcer. He is my mentor. He is Mr. Kenny Berger, often known in these awesome streets as Kenny B's, who has an 
event production company and who is so generous with his gift to all. And I am so grateful to introduce him to my audience. Mr. Kenny Berger, welcome to the Tribe Beginners Luck Podcast. How are you? And here comes Mashonda Miles. All those miles are under her feet. She has been swimming and biking and now running, and she will finish the Patriots half today right here in Williamsburg, Virginia. Let's hear it from Ashonda Miles from Washington, D.C. How about it? How, <laughs> How about it? Wow. I had no idea I would be this emotional, but I probably should have because I'm such a crybaby and just so excited for life. And um, we talk about having access into a sport or access into jobs and having access into our dreams. And although I'm still living my dream and I'm still evolving and still trying to figure out what it is I really wanna do, you have provided an avenue for me. And I am all about honor and honoring you and just giving you your roses while you are here. And I know I don't have millions and billions yet, but what I can do is use my voice to say thank you. Ashonda, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do what I like to do more than anything is to be a mentor, a teacher, provide a platform for triathletes of every level, athletes of every level, whether it's wrestling, triathlon, running. If I can provide an avenue where they can succeed and you can succeed, then I fulfilled God's mission in life. And uh, I've been able to have this great opportunity to be with someone like you and all the rest of my announcers or maybe some Olympic champions who I may have introduced when they won the gold medal. To me, a guy like Yog Kola is an Olympic medalist, 11 years old, running, swimming, biking, triathlons. And that's what it's all about. It's kind of like the circle of life. You know, the two little stick figures. One very good Olympic uh, person told me one time, he was a wrestler and he said, Ken, I think this is very important, the way you handle life. It's the two people on each end of the circle. Those who give will always receive. So I've never asked, but somebody above me has given this opportunity for us to get together and to spend this day together. Thank you, Mishanda. You're welcome. Wow. I know for those of you who are listening or viewing this, You may not understand it and you might understand it, but what just happened was special and it was a moment. And I'm about not allowing an opportunity or a moment pass. And so now we can get into what we're here for. We are here to uh, interview you from the perspective of being an announcer in the athletic multi-sport world. Oftentimes when you have beginners, they don't know all the aspects there is to know about this beautiful sport that we 
get the opportunity to see behind the scenes on, right? And when I created this podcast, it was to create the podcast with the intent of coming from multiple aspects and vantage points to give a more broad perspective of what the sport is outside of just the athletic view on land, but more of a eagle's view where you can see everything and how it operates. And I believe as announcers, we get an opportunity to see it from a multifaceted perspective because we get to talk to the race directors, we get to talk to the officials, we get to talk to the supporters and the Sherpers who are out there supporting their athletes. We get to talk to the athletes and we start to develop relationships. So we get an opportunity to see it from a multifaceted perspective. And with that, I want to be able to talk about your experience and how you came to become an announcer in this sport. And actually, you're not just an announcer in this sport because you do marathons. You are the lead announcer and head announcer at Peachtree um, Peach Road Race. You've done Marine Corps Marathon. So you, you are just an event announcer, period. So how did you get into event announcing? Okay, that's a pretty simple question but it's gonna take about 50 years worth of experience or longer to answer that. But uh, basically I love sports, number one. And I love people, I love participants. Uh, personally, I, I competed in football, wrestling and baseball. So as a young guy going to college, wrestling at the Naval Academy, I probably beat my body up a little bit, 20 years in the Marine Corps doing all the things that Marines do. Uh, the physical fitness test, and not only just the physical fitness test, but a lot of things that we do in the Marine Corps to keep ourselves fit and keep ourselves sharp, really do a lot of uh, things to affect your body. So after running a lot and doing a lot of weightlifting and wrestling, I needed something where I could continue to work out and keep my body in shape so I wouldn't just beat up my legs or just beat up my weightlifting, because that's about what I was doing. So in the early 80s, I believe it was back in 1983, I was a flight instructor down in Pensacola, Florida. I was a Marine Corps captain. And one of my friends did the 1982 uh, Pensacola Naval Air Station triathlon. You know, back then, triathlons were not cool. They were just starting in the late 70s, 77, 78. Iron Man, all the rest of them started coming online. So I said, cool, I've got a Schwinn. So I take my old Schwinn, and this was 1983, the beginning of 1983. Uh, I got these baggy swim shorts, and I'm still running in combat boots sometime, and I'm still running in Adidas Rons, which anybody who's old school knows exactly what they are. So I took the swimsuits, got those uh, long trunks, and turned them into Speedos. And yes, I wore Speedos for the entire race in 1983 down at Naval Air Station, Pensacola. I took my Schwinn, uh, rode that for 53 miles because, you know, like some beginner, I started out my very first triathlon doing a half. So 1.2 mile swim, no problem. And Naval Air Station, uh, Pensacola Bay. 56 miles on my Schwinn, which I had since high school, it was pretty cool, 12 speed. I uh, did that one, 56 miles. And then I ran, that was my strong point, 13.1. Uh, 
I use the pair of oh, the original Saucony Jazz, not much cushioning in them, and uh, completed the race. The first triathlon was like 138 triathletes, and maybe I finished 36th. So I was just clunking along. And then I caught fire, and I said, I'm going to do this again. I went out and bought this sexy Borchiotti custom-made bike for the next year. I went out and found the highest level uh, Tiger Unitsika gel sold shoes and then uh, swimming. I got a good friend of mine who was an Olympian. She was uh, married to a fellow student pilot. And I said, I will train you how to run and ride a bike if you train me how to swim. And so she trained me how to swim. The next year there were like, I'm just trying to think 384. And I still finished in the top, I think it was 43. So that was my mission in life. Okay, enough about triathlons. Let me go to 1987 when I was transferred over to Hawaii and I was in a helicopter squadron there. I ran my first Bud Light Olympian and I was finishing trying for a personal record. And as I came down the finish line, this booming voice came across the microphone and said, looks like Ken Berger is trying for a personal record. And it was, I do believe, Mike Riley at the time. And when I crossed it, I said, you bet your sweet dippy I'm trying for a personal record. And I said, you know what? One of these days, I'm going to be like you. Because when I stop competing, I'm going to start talking a good race. And I'm going to provide that excitement that this guy provided for the athletes. So that kind of gives you a little backstory on how I got involved in triathlons and where I kicked off with my announcing career. I had to have the seed planted and that's how it, it got planted. Wow. You have said such a mouthful and what an amazing experience. In season one of Tribe Beginners Luck, we came up against a guy, Mr. Uh, O'Mara, uh, who finished, in, well, I guess he, he started his first race at a 70.3. And I'm like, who does that? And now seeing that you started your career with a 70.3, yeah, there's a little bit of um, crazy in there, but it's also a lot of determination and you are determined. And I can see that like now in your work ethic and how you work and how you operate, you don't do anything small. You go big or you don't do it at all. And you went straight for the gusto. I love that. And hearing your story about how you came across the finish line and you heard your name called by Mr. Mike Riley himself. What an impactful moment that that seed was planted. You said that you weren't going to start doing a good race or talking a good race, but you were going to start talking a good race. And you did that. And look at where you are today. So thank you for going through your back history and not just running a good race, but now you get to talk a good race and now you're getting to encourage others to do both in the same. So you are a rock star, or at least in my eyes, you are, you're a rock star. Huh, okay. Oh man. I am all shook up y'all. Y'all have no idea how well, you do, because you're seeing this now, and it's just going to be here. I am having a whole personal moment, and um, I think that kind of plays to the authenticity of who I am, and just, you got to just feel it, and if you feel what I'm feeling right now, which I'm sure you are, because the energy is real, it is electrifying. 
So bringing that energy in and hearing Mike Riley call your name across the finish line, what was your first gig? And how did you know that after that first gig, this is it? Because sometimes we can think we want something until we do it. And when we do it, we're like, mm, it looked good from the outside, but I don't really think I really want that. How, tell me about your first experience announcing and when you made the moment saying, yes, this is it for me. I am in it to win it. Oh, okay. Uh, let's go back a little bit again. In the 80s, I had a personal DJ business and I was a pilot in the Marines. My call sign was disco. So I love music. And I would come to your house and I would DJ your party for you. And I had every kind of music and everybody would dance and have a good time. So that was the music aspect, my disco call sign. And I was just doing it for my friends. Then I have to talk about wrestling, which was my primary sport, which I've done, worked six Olympic games, uh, three of them, which I've been on the microphone. The other ones I've been involved in the production aspect of different uh, Olympic games from music production to production consulting. And then three of them with microphone work and uh, arena and action commentating. Wrestling is what really got me into announcing. I was doing triathlons, but I'm a wrestling coach. I'm a wrestling referee. And now I am announcing and providing music because wrestling can be a sleepy sport. And I'm providing music for the armed forces wrestling championship, the top in the army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, it was 1996, because I understand the sport of wrestling. And I have to tell you, that's where my roots are. And I'm trying to make it exciting and tell the people, because if you go to an Olympic Games or a wrestling sport, I want you to know as a fan what's going on. So I'm going to tell you who is on the mat, what is taking place. And I'm going to play a little music when it's appropriate, the appropriate music to have you make you have a good time. So wrestling is what really got my feet on the ground and got me going as far as music production, event consulting, and oh, by the way, announcing and talking. So in 1996, I'm at the Armed Forces Wrestling Champ at Quantico, Virginia, home of the Marine Corps Marathon. And a good friend of mine was there. He, uh, Paul Puckett was his name. He was the officer in charge of the Marine Corps Marathon. And if you go back into the 90s and those who were in the early 90s, when you showed up at a race, maybe there was a band at the beginning of the race. Maybe they played a few songs. But when the gun went off, like in the Marine Corps Marathon, the gun went off, the cannon fired. They played from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. That's the last time you heard any music. And when you finished your race, now I'm talking about a marathon now. And when you finished your race, you got a little popsicle stick with your time on it and you ran between two ropes and then handed it to the volunteer. And that's how I was introduced to the marathon. But let me go back to March of 1996 when Paul Puckett came up. He's a big burly chested Marine. I'm a retired major. He's a colonel. He comes up, he puts his finger and tests it. You brought a lot of excitement to this event. Can you do it for a race? And this was 1996. And I went, well, what are you talking about? It said Marine Corps Marathon. So that's really where I started. It was 1996, the year after Oprah. I wish I was there for her. But for tw the tw next 23 years, I was on the microphone playing music. If you wondered who the guy was as you came up the hill and who was playing all the music at the start, the finish line. So that's what got me started. 
because I always felt like it was very, very important, not only to have the people arrive to a race. Now remember triathlons, running events or wrestling, have them arrive, put them in the right mood with music, maybe a little mellow stuff because you have to get your brain into it. And then next take the music and bring them up and prepare them. And then you got to shoot them out and then you got to bring them home. And then the most important thing after they've been working, whether it's a triathlon, whether it's a marathon or a 10 K you must celebrate with them and you must allow them to feel like an Olympic champion even if you are not the first, but maybe the last finisher. So you want to give all of that excitement to each and every one of the runners as they come across that finish line. So that's how I started off back in 1996. Now, can I continue to triathlons? Or do you want me to, want me to take a break? Because I want to go to 2006, 10 years later. My business grew a little bit, Kenny D's Productions, because now I was traveling around all over the country doing marathons and 10Ks and less wrestling. But I was going places like uh, Napa Valley and Camaraderie Big Sur International Marathon to Austin Motorola Marathon to Chicago in the Distance Classic. And in 2006, after I did the start of the Marine Corps Marathon, this short little guy looked like a wrestler to me looked up at me and said, hey, no, actually, this is really what happened was I was walking back and I had my bags because back then I'm carrying CD players, CDs, two bags on my shoulders. And this little short guy about my size, I kind of liked him right off the bat. He goes, hey, who was the guy announcing? I really liked his style. And I said, I don't know. And he goes, you want me to help you carry your bags? I said, sure, these are heavy. And it was a guy named Greg Hawkins in the 2006 uh, Marine Corps Marathon. Now, 2006, I met Greg. He walked away to the finish line. He gave me his card and he goes, I really think that you could add something to triathlons with the music, your excitement, your voice and everything. What do you think? Now, I'm telling you that that kind of opened up another avenue because here I went from doing triathlons working with wrestling, starting my business and doing all these major marathons and big races around the country. And there I end up doing great meeting Greg Hawkins from Kinetic Multisports, who I consider the number one uh, production company for triathlons in the nation. I'm going to throw Greg a little and I've got a shirt on here for Kinetic Multisports today. So in 2006, Greg lit the fire for triathlons. And I'm going to tell you, I've been having a blast since 2006 with triathlons, because for the beginners, because Mashanda, you know how I preach it and you're right along there. You do it, Mashanda Miles does an outstanding job there with the music production and the production and the announcing. Uh, you start them in the beginning, there's excitement. You go to the transition, there's more excitement. You leave the transition, you go to the run and you finish the run, there's more excitement. There is always excitement in the, tri in the triathlons. Now, there are some, if you don't have a good announcer, or if you don't have music, where you can just run the triathlon like I used to do back in the 80s, because none of that stuff was ever there. Nobody was announcing your name when you came across the line. You swam, you biked, you ran, and then in the Bud Light series, guess what you got to do? Bud Light, you got to enjoy some Bud Light at the end of the race. But uh, Mike Riley, again, going back to 1987, 
It was the largest in the world, I think. I went back and actually looked at my records. There were over 1,000 triathletes in 1987, and they sent out this flyer to us that said, this Bud Light triathlon will probably be one of the largest triathlons in the world this year. It was the 1987 Bud Light triathlon, which uh, I ran, swam, bike, and ran back then. Okay, that's the long story. That's how I got into triathlons. Well, Ken, let's just be real. I don't even know if you have a short story. You, that short stories are not in your book. So <laughs> oh, that was my little dice of salt that I'm adding to our awesome conversation. But no, that was great. And what I really appreciate is Greg, who's an amazing, extraordinary visionary, gave you a shot. You gave me a shot. And I'm giving others a shot and it's a full circle moment. And I am so grateful just to be able to be under both of your tutelage, you know, getting an opportunity to work with Greg and he's also having that vision. And and we're going to get to this because being black, being a woman and wanting to do announcing doesn't necessarily go together, but it should. And it's not widely seen, but it is now. And I have the both of you for giving me that opportunity. And we interview Greg in season one. And to get to interview you, it's like getting to replicate and people like hearing the true story of kinetic multisport is amazing. It's a great family production, triathlon, I'm getting all tongue tied, but it's the real deal. And not every production company is perfect but they try to do the right thing. And again, I just say, thank you. And it's not really about me right now. So back to you, Ken, you announce, you give good vibes at a, at a race. You are very thoughtful in your music because you love music. And when I tell y'all he loves music, he loves music. And he is very constructive about music. Let me know, what is your favorite song to play to get triathletes excited at a race? Oh boy, now you're going to put me on the spot. But I'm Absolutely. All right, well, let me, I'll answer that without being particular, but I'll tell you what it is. If you are good at music production, and I, you remember, I'm going to take you back to wrestling, which can be kind of a boring sport. I love wrestling, working six Olympic game. You know, I love wrestling. It can be a little boring at times because not something is taking place, but if you play the right music at the right time, it can be like a movie where there are times when you need to be kind of asleep a little bit. You, there are times when you need to be woke, awakened, and there will be times when you need to get the blood flowing. So uh, different times of the day, different music, different aspects. Is it raining? Is it hot and sunny out? It, does the crowd need a little bit of juice? What's the vibe like? Is it the younger ones coming across the finish line? So I'm going to stay with that music. Is it the middle age? Is it the old school? Who, where do I play? When do I play it? And actually, it's like as a DJ, because I have a lot of those years, DJed for 30 years, weddings, parties, bar mitzvahs, you name it, I've DJed it. I can look out at the crowd. And of course, as we're calling names and finishing, guess what's very important at a race? You need to entertain the crowd and you need to make sure that they're having fun because if 
the wife or the husband who is the Sherpa and the three or two or Rachel McCarthy, I am sorry. I can't remember how many, but you are my rock star. She is one of my favorite triathletes, I think five children. And I've seen each of them grow up during the years since 2006 working with Greg. And I always make sure that her husband and her always get the big shout out because I've seen those little munchkins grow all the way up from their five and six years. So anyway, it, I can't pinpoint one song, but I will tell you what one of my favorite start songs are, not for triathlons, but I'll throw this out there for big long races as Apache rap because it just gets the crowd vibed up because it's just what you need when you're starting a wave at the Peachtree Road Race and you have 5,000 runners and 25 different waves starting. Now, triathlons are a little bit different because with wave starts, you got to pick the wave, pick the age group, try to pick music that you think they would like. But you know what? They fool you all the time because you have some triathletes that come up and go, hey, can you hit some 80s? And I'm like, I try to stay up with everything. And you know me, I stay up with the music. I make sure that we have stuff that's relevant. But sometimes you just have to do some old school. Sometimes you got to have some rock and roll. It depends what the vibe is, the weather, the crowd. You got to feel it. And, uh, you know, a lot of DJs can have a lot of music, but playing the right thing at the right time is the key to success when it comes to production and firing people up. So, okay. Another one I like, I'll throw you one of my favorites out. I know you know, like this one is turbulence is a fun, just an excellent, get you fired up and shoot you out the cannon at the right time. So again, that was three or four years ago playing that one. And every once in a while, I'll pull different songs out. I know uh, at the 50th anniversary of the Peachtree Road Race, uh, two years ago, because we, of course, 2020, every event was wiped off the plate. I decided to take 50 years of music and figure out the right songs to play at the right time. But I went right back to 1976 and played all the songs and interspersed them, my favorite start songs from each of the decades. And it worked out fine. So it just depends. I like Okay. That. Long answer. <laughs> I mean, I already told the people you don't have a short answer. So they prepared, yeah. they're prepared, right. they're prepared. Um, right. Tell me about you're at a race and you see beginners. When you, how can you identify a beginner from your purview as an announcer? Uh, when they say uh, triathlete number 356, will you please report uh, your bar end plugs are missing? And 356 comes up to me and says, what's a bar end plug? That's one, that's one <laughs> way to do it. Or, or you have one of, the, one of the triathletes who come up to you and they've got the baggy swim shorts on. That's a, that's a sure sign to know that the baggy swim shorts, he's probably a triathlete. Uh, okay. That's, I can tell just by walking in going, that's the first timer right there. <laughs> Without cheating and going to my, computer and pulling up to see whether he's a novice or what category he's in you can tell who's who for sure wow no that is so it. funny those darn plugs are the vein of a lot of officials existence that they have to even report that but it's a real thing and so we're glad that the officials are there to do that um wow what is the 
if you can think about it, and if it comes to mind, one of the craziest things that a beginner has probably come up to you before a race and asked you. Uh, which way to the swim start? <laughs> and <laughs> you asked me, there's everybody, there is everyone, a beginning triathlete comes up and sees everyone going. Of course, I've been announcing saying it will take five minutes to walk down that path to the swim start, but they still come up and ask you which way to the swim start. So, I mean, that's, you put me on the spot on that one, but that's a good one. But it's true. As I'm thinking about it, I'm like, but there's also signs that say swim start this way. But anyway, I can, I, I've been in a position where your head is all in the clouds. You're nervous. You don't know what's happening. And it is an event. It's a very uh, high intense moment, especially as a beginner. What is one of your most favorable beginner finishes that you can remember calling in a beginner who you knew was a beginner? Can you recall one of those instances? Yeah, sure. He was 11 years old. And his mother had uh, slipped a little note to me earlier in the day and said, my son is running in his first triathlon ever. And his grandfather passed away. Uh, he was from India and his grandfather passed away uh, two months ago. So my son who is doing this triathlon today and has trained so hard has, uh, is dedicating it to his grandfather. Oh, this race today is dedicated to his grandfather who passed away. And uh, his name was Yog Koa. And, you know, we, we established a relationship staying with the Kinetic Multisport since 2006. That's a, quite a number of years. And the relationship you establish with somebody like uh, Yog's mom and dad and his brother, and you see people coming up. When he finished the race, it was I, I got a chance to say, now, ladies and gentlemen, finishing the Patriots Sprint triathlon. He's 11 years old. He hails from Washburn, Virginia. He is dedicating this race to his grandfather who passed away. Let's meet him. He's a new and up and coming star, young Cola. And that's, I remember you know, because I see him every year and he keeps getting bigger, better, faster. And he's been now got a brother named Yash who's coming along there. And his mom and dad uh, run the triathlons and they do relays. Arash uh, Seraph his dad. So uh, if I don't remember all these names and they watch this, you don't call me up and uh, tell me because I've only done, let me see, Kinetic Multisports is number one. Mashanda, you and I have done the Annapolis Triathlon. So I've done hundreds and hundreds, maybe 250 uh, tries for Kinetic and two for uh, Annapolis and a couple for Quantico tries, but mainly we stay in the Kinetic Multisports arena. Or, you know, that's that's kind of it. So Jung is my favorite. I will remember him always as a beginner, and I will remember that story. Okay, now look, can I tell you another story? Can I finish with one? No, you can't tell me another story. This is my show, Ken. Okay, well, <laughs> let no. me tell. Uh, I'll Make talk about quick. another another Make beginner. Another okay. beginner. Okay, all right. 2017, and maybe you were there, Mashanda, because it was about five years ago you started the the race. And it was 2017, and we were at Smallwood, General Smallwood Triathlon. And we were, I can't remember how old she was, 2017, 23 years old, 2021. So she was probably 17 years old at the time, something like that. And we were sitting there, and here is this 17-year-old just smashing 
smashing. She not only did she win the women's, but she won the men, and she won the overall. And she was 17 years old. She's got this singlet on, and you knew who that was because, ladies and gentlemen, crossing the finish line in the general Smallwood Triathlon today is hailing from Washington D.C. 17-year-old Taylor Nib. And I think she was 16 back then. You know, yes. so for those who don't know Taylor Nib, you might want to go back to the uh, Tokyo Olympic Games. And uh, Mom Nib, if you're listening, I'm going to hope I get this right this time because you want to make sure when you're talking about somebody's kids that the mom Absolutely. is in the crowd because she's going to come up and correct you if you didn't know it. Taylor Nib finished 16th in Tokyo. She At 23 years old, she was the youngest ever ever youngest ever female triathlete on the u.s tri-team and oh by the way she happened to take home a mixed uh triathlon yeah. silver medal from the olympic games so we always call her we like to say that she's our own taylor Nip because she started out so that was a great finish you were yeah, there if you i was there and you know what it's so interesting because Back then, I was so green in the sport. I was just like kind of nervous, like, oh, okay. But now replaying that, when you said that, I was like, it was. And that is so, wow. What a full circle moment. Yeah, and then five, five years ago. Yeah, and, and Taylor's mom still participates. And she's an amazing triathlete herself, which is where Taylor gets it from. She gets it from a mama. Yeah, and she's, <laughs> and actually she finished, uh, the mom was on the podium, and I was giving a little backstory about Taylor Nib because we like to talk about those kinetic multi-sport triathletes who run and swim and bike in our races because we have some awesome ones. Because when we you do. do a triathlon, especially for kinetic multi-sports, you have beginners like Yogi Cola who never even done a triathlon, all the way up to guys like Team White Lightning, Donald White, who happens to be one of the top operations specialists out of kinetic multi-sports. Doug Morocco, they've all done multiple Ironman and they have been at the top of the podium in their, with their age groups all over the country and all over the world. So we have some Doug Landau, he's another one. He's one of our sponsors and Doug does a great job in his age group. I can go right down the list and name all of them uh, that are at the top of the level. So there you go. Taylor wow. Ned. You are number one in our book. Please come back and race with Kinetic Multisports. We really appreciate it. I probably should just hang up my little microphone today because I'm like, I am just so in awe. Okay, quick. There is not enough time for us to really have such an engaging conversation because as you can see, we can tell stories upon stories. Well, not me, but you can tell stories upon stories. I'm still developing some stories. However, you mentioned something when you mentioned Yohash's name. And what I thought about is sometimes as announcers, when we are announcing people's names come across the finish line, we make mistakes. How important is it? Or what would you say would be the best method if you know you have a difficult name? Like my name is Mashanda. And I get called Mashanda, Makanda, Makanda. And I don't really get offended by it, especially if it's a person's first time, but I know people do. How should, if it's a first timer or any athlete who may have a difficult name to pronounce, should they come to the announcer and say, hey, 
you know, I know you're going to, you may get to my name. You may not get to my name, but if you do get to my name, and this is for smaller races because big races, we can't do that. Would you want someone to come up to you to give you the right pronunciation of their name so that you can get it right? Or what, what, what would be your method to saying the correct name? Well, it's just uh, pretty simple. Like you said, the beginning of the uh, day or during one of the breaks in the music as they're preparing, getting ready in the transition area before they do the swim, say, anybody has a tongue twister, come up and tell me. Uh, and then they can at least give their name. Hey, does anybody out there have a special day today? Can you give me a special day? If you have it, can you put it on a piece of paper? Can you write it down? Can you slip it to me? Can you come tell my assistant? Is it your birthday? Is it your anniversary? Anyone out there on their first triathlon? Come on, give me their name if you're out there so I can bump you up. Anything special about, uh, about that? Uh, come on. It's, it's like... The one we don't know unless people tell us. It's kind of like correct. You sometimes you have to go out doing Olympic games. I'm really used to doing. Let's see. Oh my God! When you're in charge of production, like Beijing Olympic Games, when you have 378 athletes from 79 different countries, and you have to study all the names. So if you have to study names from 79 different countries, can be pretty full. You can't have them come up and tell you their names, so you have to do their homework. Uh, I'll go back. It's uh, I'm a linguist, so I'm pretty good at saying people's names from all over uh, the world. And I'm fluent in Spanish and have, speak some pretty good Italian, a little bit of Russian, a little bit of German, a little bit of Japanese, but only good things that I know. And I only say things that I know what they are. But uh, when you have a background, like a language background like me, I can probably pick out most names. But Mashanda, the key to that is ask them. And if they mess up their name, ask them. You know, the thing is about foreign athletes, I'm going to tell you a little story is most of the foreign athletes have come up to me and have really thanked me for speaking in their language. They were the, the Germans come up and said, you know, hey, you said good morning in German. Thank you so much for saying that. And the Russians, how did you know to say a uh, great job and good morning to me? So uh, a lot of them really do appreciate it. If you can pick up a little tidbits, that's just my style. But just think about it. There are some people, like I knew there was a former announcer and I can't remember his name at New York City Marathon. That guy spoke 23 languages and he's, every time somebody, he'd say, good morning, thank you for coming in the language. And I couldn't even touch him. But uh, with, in wrestling, when you have to do all the translations yourself, which I have to do, it's uh, you'll learn the languages and you learn how to say their names. Say my name, say my name, you know. See, that's why I love you because you speak my song language. We sing and we talk in song. No, that is really good. And I just want to encourage you, if you're listening or viewing this, be sure to let your announcer know if you're in a race where you can do that. Like if you're at bigger races, no, it's not possible. But if you're at a bigger race, you're getting it ahead of time. So you're able to do the study. But if it's a smaller local race, give your announcers a break. We make mistakes and it's not intentional because you see our hearts. We just wanted to encourage you. So just give us a break. All right. Now, with that said in mind, I want to just run down your resume because you are just amazing. So Ken has not only uh, announced for Kinetic Multisports since 2006, but he also mentors 13 other announcers. So he's raising up a group of announcers, which... I have to say is amazing. 
He has been on the Olympic production staff for the 1996 Atlanta Olympics, where he was the athlete escort. 2000 Sydney Olympics, where he was the national tech official. 2004 Athens Olympic Games, where he was the music production and DJ. 2008 Beijing Olympic Games, where he was the presenting presenter, director, and announcer. 2012 London Games, where he was the announcer and production consultant. 2016 Rio Olympic Games, where he was the action commentator and production consultant. And 2020 U.S. Olympic Trials in Atlanta, Georgia, where he was the announcer and music and production consultant. Listen, he has done world championships in Guatemala and in Beijing, as well as the Asian games in Qatar. This man, Mr. Ken Berger, is the real deal. And I thank you for raising up other people who are in doing this great sport and doing sports in general. And thank you for being the official hype man of all races and helping me be the official hype girl of races and allowing and embracing my style because you know, I love music as well. And so we, this year, when you gave me that compliment about you did a good job on that playlist, y'all, I almost fainted because Ken is a tough music. Um, he's tough on us. And when he gave me that compliment, I said, wow. And my playlist, it takes me a while. It takes me some couple of days to get like the right bass playlist. And then you adjust it per, you know, race, depending on where you're going and what demographic you're being. But I was just floored. So thank you for that compliment that you gave me last year in 2021. Now, we do a little fun thing. I know you're a triathlete. We got to touch on a little bit of the uh, aspects of beginners and you're from your vantage point, but I like to ask some fun questions because I think that that's what it's all about. So we're going to do some rapid fire questions and I don't want you to think too hard and I don't want the answer to be too long. Are you ready, Ken? I'm not too sure about the too long, but I'll try. <laughs> As long as you try, I'm here for it. Okay, where is your favorite place? Where was your favorite place to bike? Around Hawaii. Around the circumference of Hawaii, my most favorite. From Kaneohe Bay all the way around the perimeter of Hawaii when I was stationed in Oahu. I love it. What? And I need a particular... hmm. Okay. What genre of music is your favorite genre? Disco. Okay. My call sign as a pilot was disco, but I like disco. I like swing. I like hip hop. I like rap. You name it. I like it, but it's all got to be up and up and straight and clean and scrubbed and uh, lyric checked. That's all I'll tell you. The lyric check, that's a real thing. Because yeah. sometimes things can slip through. Not but disco is pretty clean. And so yeah. is rock and roll. Pretty clean. Some of it. Right. I like it all. I like it all. Right. You are an avid. You still work out to this day. So when you work out, are you listening to music, talking to your wife, or listening to an audiobook? I am basically most of my most of my workouts are power walking because of uh, as you get a little bit older there and the body parts kind of slow down a little bit on you. I prefer just to be in my own world and not listen to anything. That's me. That's me. 
that's fair. And to round out this segment and episode, what is your favorite thing about triathlons? I think my favorite thing are the triathletes, the people, the all those involved, because when you go to triathlon, it's nothing but positive things. And if something negative takes place, you try to look at that person and try to make them feel good about even if something negative happened, maybe the timing wasn't right and encourage them that we're going to get it right the next time for you. But it's the positivity of everybody going there. You know, it's kind of like, what do I say? Every time when I sign off from any kind of sporting event, no matter where it is, I always say, always remember to keep your feet on the ground, reach for the stars and go for the gold. We'll see you next time. That sums it up. And that is going to sum this up. Whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win. And remember to always shine. Thank you so much, Kim Berger, for being my guest today. I am so grateful for you. And I just bless you and just say thank you for continuing to do what you do and continuing to raise up other announcers so that we can spread positivity, spread light and spread energy into the multi-sport triathlon or any athletic arena and or place. So thank you guys for tuning in. And until next episode, Mashanda is out. Peace. Thank you for tuning in and listening to this episode. We need your help so we can continue to try at TBL. So for more information on where you can find and subscribe to this podcast, visit www.trybeginnersluck.com. And don't forget, whenever you try beginner's luck, you always win.